We all know a good team when we see one. And we all know a bad one when we see one of those two. But neither of those happened by accident. I'm joined by Shannon Kuhnberger today to talk about how nurses of all tenures can and must contribute to a highly functioning nursing team. Hi, and welcome to Nurse Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast where we discuss all things nursing, from patient care to advancing your career to navigating tough on-the-job issues. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Carol Pahatsky, Associate Chief Nursing Officer of Surgical Services Nursing. Welcome back, everyone. The topic of today is teams and teamwork and how that really lives and breathes in a nursing world. You know, growing up, I wasn't a huge fan of team sports, which is probably good because my athletic ability did not match a team sport anyway. And for me, in my perception, the pressure that comes with Casey at the bat and what if I strike out? What if, what if, what if? And I let the whole team down. And so for me, I instead gravitated towards team events that were different, band, choir, speech and drama, those things where it was a team effort where, in my humble observation, it was about lifting everybody up together. And not that sports aren't like that, but for me, there were less pressure points, especially growing up. So here I am now, though, in nursing, which is very much a team sport. There are times when there's pressure. There are times where, as the nurse, I'm the only one that has the information and has to speak up. But there are also plenty of times where I lift up the team together and I have a role that's important as everybody else's and we all rise and fall together. So we're going to linger on that topic at today's episode, and I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Shannon Kuhnberger. Shannon is the Chief Nursing Officer at Cleveland Clinic Euclid Hospital. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Carol. I'm actually very excited to be here on my very first podcast. That's right. The first of many, hopefully. So you're very passionate about teams and teamwork, and your role as a CNO in lifting up the nurses you lead. So can you tell us to start a little bit about your story behind teamwork and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah, I Thank you for that. And I love hearing about how your humble beginnings was about teams and what you participated in. And mine was probably the polar opposite. As a young child and going into the career of ballet, I was in partner dance. Yes. Okay. And so when you dance with a partner, Mm. it is absolutely everything about a team. For sure. If I mess up, he messes mm-hmm. up. If he messes up, I mess up. Yeah. So it was really literally going down together. <laughs> literally going down <laughs> yeah. together. Wow. <laughs> and I never really put that concept together of how that helped form who I am today sure. as a nurse leader. And fast forward through all of the young memories that I have, going into nursing as a new grad, I went right into the ICU as a new grad. Mm. So at that time, you really feel like, oh my gosh, how am I going to know everything? Sure. I have to know everything. There's a lot on it's the line. It's me and yeah. this patient, one on one. I wasn't really good at applying the teamwork concept at mm. that time as a new grad. It's hard when you're, fr- yeah, you it think really you, is. you have to solve all the problems. Well, you yeah. feel like you got a little imposter syndrome. Sure. You feel like you're going to let people down. What mm-hmm. if I harm somebody? So those thoughts go through your head as a new grad, a new nurse, and they really tell you you're not going to feel comfortable for many years. Yeah. And I said, no, that's not true. I'm going to figure this out. (laughs) Did you? And no, I didn't. (laughs) I absolutely did not. It wasn't until about five years after um, my beginning of my career that I decided to go down the path of the emergency department. Okay. And when you get into the emergency department, 
It's like a three-ring circus sometimes, <laughs> and you're wondering who's in charge, and there's all these moving parts, mm-hmm. but it all comes together. Yes. And so getting teamwork down to its basic core concept, mm-hmm. just to simplify it, it's a bunch of people doing a bunch of processes and actions into one goal. Mm, and what sure. is our goal in healthcare? It's it's taking right. care of the patients yeah. or whatever the situation mm-hmm. may be. So trying to simplify that really taught me back in the emergency days of how to work and function in a team hmm. as a team member. Sure. Now, of course, that changes as we go into the leadership <laughs> <sure> journey. <laughs> But my next journey after the emergency department was as a flight nurse. Oh, and wow. working in the flight industry, you really work so closely as a team that you don't even have to use words. And, and, there, and talk about things being on the line, right? Your own life. Absolutely. As well as the patients in the air. Absolutely. Ooh. So when we're talking about delivering quality, safe care mm-hmm. and being a high reliability organization, I can really think that back to when I was on a helicopter when you only have three bodies in the, yeah. inside the aircraft and you have to make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. And using your voice, you have to speak up a lot. And that's really where I learned about just culture Mm, was learning how to see something and say something. You know what? Those clouds look a little low today. Mm. And knowing that. Sure, not just about the patient, about your true environment. Truly, everything, really Mm -hmm. doing a scene, situational awareness about what's going on with the patient, what's going on with the aircraft, and talking to each other without looking at each other. Right. Or looking at each other and not talking. Sure. <laughs> so it's all about communication yeah. and safety. And so that's really what launched my passion about we have to be humble. Mm. We have to be part of a team. And it's developing the culture. So that translated into the leadership side of things. Okay. So when I try to lead a team, whether it's an existing team or a new team, I really try to humble myself. Mm-hmm. And when caregivers or team members see that a leader is willing to be humble and willing to say, I don't know everything. Mm, mm-hmm. I might make a mistake. I need you to speak up. I need, I need you, you to, to keep speak me honest. Up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I need you to keep me honest. Mm-hmm. And opening that culture for people to just talk freely and not be fearful that sure. they will say the wrong thing or they're going to get in trouble. When you create that kind of culture, then communication becomes even stronger. And that's how the team starts working together, allowing them freedom and grace. Take the personal, emotional stuff out of it. Mm -hmm. If it is about quality or safety, anything with the patient experience, when we sometimes are working in an environment, in a team environment, and we feel real passionate about something, is it really your passion or your emotions that are taking over your decision making? Sure. Mm Because you feel convicted? Are you accurate in your conviction? Are you accurate in your (laughs) conviction? Yeah. And it really does take time to learn about yourself. Sure, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be comfortable Mm -hmm. in your own skin, which we know, you know, some newer graduate nurses or even people who've been a nurse a long time and they change different um, disciplines. Absolutely. Yep. We have to be humble to say we don't know everything and lean into people who do. And so when we're willing to put ourselves out there as a leader, I think people can really see that genuinely. Sure. That it's okay to make a mistake if you're doing it for the right thing. Right. It's okay to speak up. It's more than okay. Yes, right. for sure. And so once you get that foundation of speaking up and communication, teams are going to function better. Sure. Because the root of 
teamwork is communication. Absolutely. And when you think about teams that come together, everybody brings their own road and journey to right. them. So I think it's a great point about as a leader and humbling yourself because you may not ever embrace a hierarchical situation, but you could be surrounded by teammates that are used to more hierarchical control and command and mm-hmm. I'm the boss, what I say goes. And so they begin with that preconceived notion mm-hmm. and are going to pipe down yeah. until you say, and, and obviously that has a lot of resonance for me in a perioperative space. Yes, the surgeon has met this patient before and none of the rest of us have, but we have to come to it and say, but we each have a role to play and a voice to be shared to create that team that's really seeking the betterment of the patient. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I try to think of it in an environment, every person has a sum of what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We have our own strengths, our own opportunities. <laughs> but when you put all those sums together, it creates a team. Absolutely. So it's really recognizing people that you work with every day in your environment. What are their strengths? You know, what Everybody are your does amazing strengths? Amazing things, yes. And, you know, when you start doing a lot of reflection, you start to think about your own strengths and, and sure. opportunities, you become a better people reader. So as a mm, bedside sure. nurse, Reading the team. Reading, reading the, the team. Sure. I might have seven patients right now, and I've got all my stuff organized, and I'm ready to go, <laughs> and I've stayed on track. But do I have the ability to pause for a second and think about the bigger picture of the unit? Mm, sure. My friend I'm okay, Carol. Is. <laughs> I'm okay, but is <laughs> yeah. my friend Carol okay? And mm-hmm. when you start offering help, it starts going well for everybody. That's it's right. really having a big picture. And we as nurses, we're really good at helping. But we're also Sometimes to a fault, but yes. <laughs> we're also not good at asking for help. That's right. Right. That's right. And so becoming a reflective, introspective reader of other people, we start bringing teams together. That person just smiled at me. She could tell I was struggling. Hey, could you just get yep. me a cup of ice while I focus on this medication? You know, something mm-hmm. like that. When we start doing that for each other, the team becomes more cohesive. And it's not a failure to ask for help. It's, it is it's not imperative a failure to ask for help. Yes, it, it's humbling to ask mm-hmm. for help. Mm-hmm. You're going to have so much better outcomes. We may have read this book or we may not. You know, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team is a very <laughs> popular book. We know when teams are not working and we know sure. when teams are. It's easy are. to spot when it doesn't go well. It's easy yeah. to spot when it's, when it's not going well. But you know, what does a good team look like? I'm asking the the host a question, (laughs) but you know, everybody has a different perspective of what does good teamwork look like? Right. And from the seat that I get to sit in now and serve as a leader of many teams is I have joy in the workforce. Mm. I have low turnover. I have high engagement. I have people raising their hands that want to try new things, want to learn new things. Sure. And they're not shying away. And, you know, when I look at teamwork, everyone at the end of the day can say, oh, that was hard, but we're done. And we did it together. And we did it together. Right. And the sun is going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> no matter what. No yes. matter what. Yes. But, you know, I, you know, going back again to a little bit of that flight industry, one of the, and I said key components is communication. Debriefing is a real critical component mm. of a team. Sure. And we just don't do it enough. And I say that myself, even as a leader. Yeah. Our leadership's teams don't debrief enough. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. What, what works? What, what works? Debriefing. It usually starts off with more like a template. And mm-hmm. we may have heard those questions. What worked well? What didn't work well? <laughs> what could have been better? You know, very simple questions. But 
even that in that simplicity, if you are talking after an event with the people that were involved with the event, things are going to come up. Right. You know, I didn't know what you were saying when you said, get me that bougie, which is a tool yes. for an airway, <laughs> yes. right? Right. But maybe that new grad in the room didn't know what that was. Right. And so when you debrief the situation of what did go well, mm-hmm. what didn't go so great, how could we have better talked about it? Could, would we have changed anything? And if you do that on a pattern of repetition with your teams, sure. again, your culture is going to form of speaking up and feeling right. comfortable about what they know, what they don't know, and how things could have been better. And, and you raise a fantastic point, which is that you don't just do it at prescribed times, right? When I right. think about a perioperative or procedural space, there is the sign out. We're supposed to be talking about those things. Do we get deep enough to really talk about those, those exact same things? I didn't know where this piece of equipment was. It wasn't working when I went to get it. What are we giving teams to do with that? Okay, right. so I did that, that thing didn't work. Now, how do we as a team help take that information out of the procedural space and say, we need to get that taken care of? Or an event happens and we're debriefing, but how do we debrief at the end of a day, at the end of a shift, making it part of that standard work that says, how do we do today? Absolutely. And we do a really good job at huddling at the start of a day. Yes. Right? (laughs) Here we go, team. This is what we need to know for the day. And when it comes to an event or the end of the day, mm-hmm. we don't do so good. People splinter we, off, yeah. Yep, they just want to hightail it out of there. They just want <laughs> to get home. there's something to be said for that. But and, yes. you know, I'm no mental health expert, but I've, m- many will say the debrief process and creating a culture of debriefing mm-hmm. is really going to help unload and disassociate sure. from events that happen in your day. And they could be very minor. Right. They could be major and they can be minor but they will eventually start to build up if you don't know how to Absolutely. decompress and, and there's no and closure debrief. and there's no right. release, no outlet. Right. People who truly understand because they were there. Yeah, and then yeah. they build resentment. Like right. that nurse wasn't very nice to me, you know, things like that. Where if we're talking out loud to each other and sharing it unemotionally, like mm-hmm. help me understand what, what you meant by this. Why did you do it that way? really can help create a better relationships within a team. Absolutely. So we've touched on a few things specific to the new nurse, mm. right? So we hope that we have people listening in the audience everywhere from folks who are somewhere in nursing school to folks sort of at the end of or mid-career in terms of their nursing life. So let's linger on that nursing student or that new grad for a moment. So we were all there at one point in time. <laughs> we were Eons all part ago. of nursing school. Some of us were long ago than others. So what are some things, some advice you would give to that new nurse? Lots of other things, like you said. A lot of us walk into our first nursing job thinking, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. Or I have to figure it all out. So specific to teamwork, what would you say to that nurse as they're coming onto their first licensed shift. Well, as I often tell any new grad or new hire, quite honestly, when they decide to change fields, what I typically tell new nurses Mm -hmm. is find people. And it's Mm. not always necessarily the charge nurse. It's not always necessarily your manager. Mm -hmm. Find a buddy, like interests, somebody you might admire. Also find people that you don't admire. And Hmm. that's when you start to do reflective thinking. Why not? (laughs) Exactly. That's something I don't want to do. I'm watching this Hmm. person and I would probably do that different. Sure. And why do I have that? And what can I learn from that? What can I learn from that? You know, having a mentor or having a buddy, however you want to label it, Mm -hmm. having a go-to person, again, takes that fear away. 
Yes. Sometimes as a new nurse, we're too afraid to let our managers, our supervisors, our directors know that I might not know something or I'm sure. uncomfortable about something. I don't want them to think I'm not capable or they made Absolutely. the bad choice. Yeah. But stay humble and mm-hmm. ask a lot of questions. Did you ever feel this way? We, mm. we usually take the word feel out. Right. Not so tactical. How do you put this nasogastric tube in? Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you had to put a tube up somebody's nose for right. the first time? Right. You know, take that's me a great through place those. To put the feeling in there. Yeah. Right. It's a great place to because that's usually what the root is. You can learn the tactics out of a yeah. book, right? It's, but what it's does it actually first feel time like? <laughs> wow. A tube in what does that nose? feel like? And so, yeah. you know, having people, and it might not even be in your work environment, it might be from a different environment. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. reaching out. I always tell people they need someone to talk to to decompress their day, mm-hmm. somebody to ask a lot of questions of. In a safe space. In a safe space. Yes. And then somebody that inspires you that can help push mm. you forward. Nice. Somebody that can help push your talents. Sure. Versus just they're my sounding you. board and they say, yeah, right. that was terrible. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't want collusion either. Right. right? So <laughs> right. <laughs> we really want people out there. And again, mentoring is not for everybody, but man, there's a lot of great mentors and they don't even realize that they are. Sure. So they're helping those. About their daily work. Right. And yet do you realize you do people. this job yeah. so great? Next mm-hmm. time when we have a new grad, take them along with you when you do this X, Y, Z and let them see how you do it, your comfortability, the way mm-hmm. you talk to a patient. But really, I tell new nurses, learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. When you are not comfortable, ask questions. And what makes you uncomfortable. What makes and, you uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You will not know everything. And it isn't necessarily your assigned preceptor. Sometimes it right. is. Right? Sometimes you, you create that bond, and that's a person you go to you know, forever. Or yeah. for a really long time. It can also be somebody else to challenge you, to provide a different way of thinking. And so to our newer nurse listeners, challenge yourself to look beyond your preceptor, perhaps. Or beyond, beyond the nurse that's right there in your circle. And who else can challenge my thinking or teach me another way to say something? You know, what do they say? You fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> so I may not feel comfortable speaking right. up yet. But I just love the way Shannon did that. So I'm going to yeah. kind of make a note of the actual words she said. I'm going to talk to her about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? And how did that feel to say that? And then I'm literally going to say those words the next time I need to speak up. Yeah, language is probably the hardest thing to teach people. Mm. And you really learn it from listening. And we talk about when we're with patients and our doctors are in the room with us. And they're saying things to the patients in with all good intentions. Yeah. And, but you as the nurse have been with that patient for 12 hours mm-hmm. and you could tell by the look on their face, they have no idea what they're talking about. They're glazing over. They're yes. glazing over. <laughs> so our job as the nurses are and the to, teammate to the and doctor. the teammate yeah. to the doctor, mm-hmm. the teammate to the patient mm-hmm. is to really help interpret. What did he just say? But maybe if I say it in a different way. Right they're going to better understand it. Or it opens the door for them to ask Or it opens the door yeah. for more questions, yes. right? So it's, again, going back to communications and really being an observer, mm-hmm. especially as a new nurse. Yep. How did the doctor just say that word? Or how did that other nurse practitioner say that to a patient? Did I understand it? Right. If it's not making yeah. sense to me, it might <laughs> not make sense to them. That's right. Right? So mm-hmm. asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. and being brave to ask questions. Yeah. I think people will feel way more respected mm-hmm. when they get their confidence. Confidence is not easy as a new grad. It certainly isn't. But it's really having a mindset of self-efficacy. 
the belief Ooh. that you can. There you go. Right. Woo. It's one of my favorite topics because there is a big difference between confidence and self-efficacy and self-efficacy is just the belief that I can do. That feels like a whole separate episode. It's a whole separate episode. <laughs> we'll save that one yes. for another time. Yes. Um, but so we've lots of great tips for that new nurse to to be humble, to ask questions, to observe around them and to and be able to ask for help. And that makes them a better member of a team, right? Because they're more effective mm -hmm. and they're learning team skills from those around them. So I want to pivot then to the sort of other end of the spectrum for our seasoned nurses. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, there's so many new nurses. I'm so <laughs> sick of precepting, right? Or et cetera, yeah. et cetera. We hope nobody feels that way, but there are times where you just want to do your job but not have to explain yeah. Yeah. and coach somebody through it. So for folks who might be in that space, what does the team approach do for them? How can they learn additional skills and, and be a better nurse? Yeah, and I feel like I'm in the middle of that, being of the age that I am. I'm not a new nurse. I'm not towards mm. retirement, and I'm somewhere in the middle, mm -hmm. uh, maybe closer towards retirement. Really think <laughs> about it. We can all it. dream. <laughs> we can all dream. But I actually have these conversations a lot with my very seasoned nurses. I'm mm. I'm blessed to have nurses who've been there since the day they graduated. <gasps> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and are still there to this day. That's wonderful. And so I'm really fortunate that way. But we talk a lot about accepting new cultures. Yes, you mm. can teach an old dog new tricks we because our cultures so, yeah. are changing. Yes. Our patient population, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. technology, and how are we embracing that change? Mm -hmm. And it really is lifting them up because people are looking to them. Sure. And they don't realize how much people are admiring them. Just because you've been a nurse for 20 years doesn't make you an expert. No, there's a lot of opportunity to learn and grow, but how you're going about that change, mm. that sure. being a change agent is really going to inspire newer people. And how often do we hear... I know I hear it all the time. I was just doing my job, right? Except just doing their job was inspiring somebody else. Somebody else was saying, right. oh, that was so seamless the way they did that, how they anticipated that, how they lifted the team right. up. Right. I think we have to remind our veteran mm -hmm. nurses, I'm mm -hmm. just going to call it that, or well-seasoned nurses of, of what they have to offer and how inspiring mm -hmm. they can be. And it is hard when we have a lot of challenges with our staffing and we have mm -hmm. lots of new grads mm -hmm. and how are we sharing that wealth? Sometimes these newer people, the younger people are really teaching us a lot of new things. Well, everybody has something to share, right? Everybody exactly. has something yes. to hey, share. Did you know about this work list in the EMR that I can show you how to right. use? So keeping that, how can we learn from each other? And yeah. then the team is all the team members are better for it. You know, and as an organization, we always support, you know, be curious, ask questions mm -hmm. and have no fear to speak up. We need that from our seasoned nurses more than anything. Absolutely. Because they have been around the block yeah. once or twice. Yeah. They have seen things come full circle, such as team nursing. Right. <laughs> we had it once, it went away and now it's back. And, you know, they've lived through those experiences and really having them be empowered about what they have to offer and they're not there just for a job. Right. I think is really critical. And how can they learn? They feel like they can't learn, but you can learn. Absolutely. We all can learn. Our patients I, are counting on. Our patients are counting us to pivot every time there's change mm -hmm. in technology or healthcare, how we deliver it, mm -hmm. certain medicines. Right. We have to pivot and change. I think that's the one thing nurses are used to is we are Anymore, always changing. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But uh, to really make sure that the seasoned nurses are feeling valued and why they're valued and what they have to offer 
is important to help building the team. Absolutely. So to wrap up this conversation a little bit, we're all coming together as a team. It's a start of a shift, et cetera. How do we clarify roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. so that we're all... Mm-hmm. clear on what, what the next step is and what the ne- the 12th step is, for example. That's actually my favorite question. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's really my favorite question because we're talking about teamwork and communication, mm-hmm. but before you do anything, you have to set a foundation of what does it look like? What are the expectations? Mm-hmm. What's my role? So when we're doing any activities, I have my patient assignment, I've got my a nursing assistant to help me. I mm-hmm. have a unit secretary to help me. And this is in the acute setting, by the way. <laughs> and right. then all of a sudden a code blue happens. Right. What happens next? How does everyone know what to do? And it's really through repetition and practice of understanding what's your role, identifying sure. your roles. And saying it out loud. Saying it out loud. <laughs> Don't Clearly yeah. communicating mm-hmm. the expectations moving forward. And that comes from the leadership side too. Even if it's just a day where there are no code blues, which knock on wood, I hope that always happens. Right. <laughs> right. But as a leader, what do I expect from you as a bedside nurse in mm-hmm. your role? I Indeed. expect yeah. you to do X, Y, Z. I expect you to speak up. I expect you to say thank you. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. setting up those roles and expectations early on, who's on your team? Oh, today you have a charge Indeed. nurse. Yeah. Today you don't have a charge right. nurse. This person is floating in. Yeah. Everybody say hi to Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. She's not from, yeah. not from this unit, but here's what she, where she's from and here's what she exactly. knows. Exactly. Yeah. So there usually has to be somebody that's setting the stage, mm-hmm. other the shift of the department over the whole hospital, depends on what it is, <laughs> that's right. but really setting what those expectations are and helping people understand what's my role. And when my role is good, how can I help others? And we talk about it out loud. And then it's practice, practice, practice. That's right. It's really doing simulation. And we know studies have showed doing actual hands-on physical simulation really does help hone in on those communication skills. Sure. Goes back to that safe space. Safe space. All right, everybody. Well, you have a little bit of homework, which includes (laughs) asking questions no matter what tenure of nurse you are and remembering that you have something to offer the whole team and sharing it. So with that, we'll pivot to our speed round. Mm. This is where our listeners get to learn a little bit more about you as the lovely human being you are, Shannon. Oh, thank you. So what's something you do for you to recharge? Uh Something I do to recharge. I actually do quite a few things. I am one of those people that always has to have something going on. (laughs) It's really hard for me to do anything that is just one thing at a time. (laughs) So I can tell you right now, I am knitting my first scarf. Oh, fun. I listen to lots of books. Okay. I'm making a piece of art. Oh. And I'm taking classes. So I do lots of different things. And this is a woman who just finished her doctorate. Yeah, I did finish my doctorate a few (laughs) months ago. And I thought, what am I going to do with my time? Well, I just filled it back up. And then some. And then some. (laughs) But I would say that my most favorite decompressing type of experience for me is listening to a book okay, or reading a book. I really love to separate myself. Mm. It's very hard. My mind goes on lots of fires <laughs> at one time, overdrive. I can think, be thinking about 10 things at one time. But when I start to go into a book, I can separate. Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. It's one thing that I really love to do. And I love anything physical activity. So sure. I love Yes. Kayaking. I'm still trying to get her to join my dance class. Yes. I love to dance. Uh, If those of you have seen me try and tap a little bit, I I can still pull it out. It's one of those skills you never lose, I think, like riding a bike. But yeah, really, one of the best things I do as a nurse leader Mm -hmm. for decompression, when the executive side gets a little stressful for me, Mm -hmm. I just get out of my office and I go to the floor. 
Sure. I go right to the floors and I talk to, to my roots. teams. I yeah. go back to my roots. I pass out waters, mm-hmm. you know, give them a blanket. And when, as soon as I do that, my cup fills up. There you go. So I actually have it built into my schedule. My secretary would tell you it's built in my <laughs> schedule. When the time I arrive, I've got a half an hour in the morning to do two units. Nice. And then at the end of the day, before I leave, I go visit some more units. That's fantastic. Because it's a good way to start the day of why I'm there. And it's mm. a good day to end my day of why I'm there. There you go. So those are things I like to do. Well, this question may be related to that, mm-hmm. but we ask all of our guests, what brings you joy? What brings me joy? I would say right now, outside of my personal life, my joy in my workplace is when I see others fulfill something they didn't think they could do. Mm. I have a current leader right now that is being challenged to step outside of her comfort zone Mm -hmm. and do something different. Hmm. And one of those is public speaking. Ah. (laughs) And she had taken part of a class and they had to do a project and she had to speak in front of the entire nursing executives of the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. And Hmm. she was extremely (laughs) nervous. And when she was done, she said, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. But we talked about it ahead Mm -hmm. of time. Yeah. We prepped, we got her ready and she did so wonderfully. Mm. And it honestly, it just brings me joy when I get to mentor others. Sure. To do things that they didn't think they could do. Keep filling up that cup. Filling up that cup. I love to see others achieve great things. And so. Wonderful. I just, yeah, that's what brings me joy in the workplace. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me today, Shannon. Well, my pleasure. And I hope to come back someday. Thank you. (laughs) As always, thanks so much for joining us for today's discussion. Don't miss out. Subscribe to hear new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we want to hear from you. Do you have ideas for future podcasts or want to share your stories? Email us at nurseessentials at ccf.org. To learn more about nursing at Cleveland Clinic, please check us out at clevelandclinic.org slash nursing. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. Consult your local state boards of nursing for any specific practice questions.